Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the Score North Twin Show. Hey, welcome in. On this Labor Day here, the Score North Twin Show. We don't we don't take a Monday off, even though it's a holiday here. How can we? Not in the middle They're of playing. this. They're playing. They're playing. We're playing. And that's the thing. This is uh this is actually turning out to be a really exciting week for Twins baseball, which we'll get into as part of our State of the Twins conversation. All of the Monday episodes since we relaunched the show after a two-year hiatus a couple months ago are devoted to sort of a State of the Twins, <clears throat> excuse me, snapshot presented by our friends at Modest Brewing. A shout-out to Modest Taproom in the North Loop right next to Target Field. Um, just an absolutely glorious place to drink some of the best beer in the Twin Cities. My favorite is the Supra Deluxe Premium Lager. That's just an easy sipper in the summertime. And uh, it's going to be about 97 degrees today and like 95 tomorrow. Modestbrewing.com if you want to check out all the cool things they have going. Just opened in 2016. Steps from Target Field. Modestbrewing.com. Are you ready for a little deep dive into the Minnesota Twins here? After, uh, I would say, a productive weekend. Taking two out of three and five out of seven from the Rangers over the past couple weeks. You know what? I dump on them when they deserve it. You go into Texas, take two or three. Tom Kelly always said, win series. Yeah. Like a sweep's nice, but that's a good team too. Now that bullpen's awful. But you know what? They rallied on Saturday. They they came back after Scherzer got taken out on Friday. I would call that... Instantly scored five runs on Friday after Scherzer. Well, that bullpen's terrible, but I would call that a very productive weekend. And mm-hmm. now it, And now it's on the Guardians and the Twins. Yes, and so that's yes, actually I am ready. the the Guardians Twins thing is my first. So I'll give you different categories here of talkers. We'll get to an immaculate grid here on this uh, special Labor Day episode. But let's start with the overall snapshot here, as we do every week. The Twins' record seventy one and sixty six. They've basically been playing five hundred baseball for two months, three months. Five games ahead of the Guardians, who revamped their bullpen and their starting rotation. You're going to see those pitchers starting tonight: Lucas Giolito and one, on two, the mound. Three. Mm-hmm. Twins offense, 
15th in runs scored per game. Twins run prevention, defense and pitching is seventh in runs allowed per game. Yes. So they've been kind of slipping since the since but the, the All Star break. Going up significantly. So that's the offset. Yep. It was in like it was like 21st, I think, at the All Star break. It's going up. So baseball reference gives the Twins a 94% chance to make the playoffs. Fangraphs, 95% chance. So even though they've not created separation really in a while and Cleveland has a better team now than they did a week ago, the percentages aren't that different. Uh, Baseball reference gives the Twins a 4% chance to win the World Series. Fangraphs says 3% chance to win the World Series. So you're telling me there's a chance? Just trying for a playoff win is what you're trying for right now. They should put that percentage on there. Yes, can you win a playoff game? <laughs> yeah. And if the playoffs started today, the three-seed Twins would play the six-seed Houston Astros in a three-game wild-card series. Texas is is tied, but like a percentage point better than the Astros. And if I'm not mistaken, the Astros just got swept by the Yankees while the Guardians beat the Rays two of three. Yep. So the Astros have gone into a little yesterday. bit of a tailspin. Yeah, the Strohs got swept. Texas has been in a tailspin. Yes. Uh, Seattle has just come storming on to to take that division, but they could still be in the mix as a wild card opponent. Basically, you're looking at four different potential opponents. The Blue Jays are a game and a half back of that third wild card spot, and then Houston, Texas, and Seattle are just in a fight for for those for those three spots. So we'll see. For the purposes of this show, bring on Texas. You match think, up yeah. well, and their bullpen stinks. Yeah, and 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 he, so here's the thing that's changed. I I get that, and it's probably a natural regression. The Twins' pitching has dropped off since the break, but they can hit now. And I'm going to tell you, and we saw it again yesterday, but it's not a fluke. It is great to have a guy like Royce Lewis. There is no moment that overwhelms him. I'm not saying he's going to get a home run all the time. I'm not saying he's not going to strike out. But you know how you can sort of tell there's certain guys, and there's not it's not a huge amount. It's certainly not one per team. There are just certain guys who, like, if they come up and the moment is big, you can almost tell that they embrace it. Yeah. Not like, oh, man, I'm up here, or, you know, I got to get a hit. Royce Lewis, he's got that sort of that smile. He's got that he, he clearly enjoys baseball. But more importantly, he clearly enjoys pressure. I honestly think that his – that – his consistency now in the lineup is a huge change in the dynamic. I really do. I agree. And that, that brings me to the first category here. I think that a lot of this stuff is sort of summed up by the category is just, I love this. This is relevant September baseball. Yep. You've got Royce Lewis, the former number one overall pick. He's back. He's healthy for right now. And he is their best hitter. He's played like, what, 55 or 60 Major League Baseball games. And if you extrapolate his numbers over a full 162, 300 hitter, 360 on base, 37 home runs, Mm -hmm. 115 RBIs, he would just be, if if he could do this for 162 games or close, and it's a big if, he would be considered one of the best overall hitters in baseball at the rate he has started his career. And he's sitting right there, right in the middle of your, like the top part of your order, racking up clutch hits. And then you're going into Cleveland here. The division is on the line. It's a five-game lead. You can basically end it if you take two out of three or sweep them. If they throw a punch at you, now it gets dicey for the next three weeks or so. 
but the Twins have their playoff rotation lined up for this series. Lopez, Gray, Ryan. Boom, boom, boom. Duran is rested. I mean, this is, we haven't had this in, I mean, we had it in 2020, kind of, but it was a pandemic year. Yeah. We haven't had this with fans in the stands 19. and the buzz since 2019. Yeah, yep. four years since we've had this September vibe. And and this is, so this is why I also in 20 said, I mean, I was glad that a sport was back. So like baseball was back, play sports because let's watch something. But it was a 60 game season. Like, this is what it's all about. This is a grind, man. Baseball is supposed to suck at times. It's tough. And so, and, and so just as a whole, like September at the end of 162 is a whole lot different than, I, I don't know, I forget. It was probably September as well at the end of like 60. Like, that's mm -hmm. a sprint. And it was interesting. But to me, this is baseball. And, and yes, I'm, I'm with you too. I think it's very clear that the rotation is now um, – some form of gray Lopez Ryan Midas in the bullpen. He, that was gutsy. His effort on Sunday was impressive because he was really shaky in, in the first and he bounced back, which was, you know what, you know what he did. What'd he do? He oh, battled his, battled battle his tail, tail off. He did battle his tail off and that was good, but I think it's becoming abundantly clear unless he falls off the table again, that Joe Ryan is the third guy. I agree. I think if, if we can take out the, like the five weeks where he, pretended like he wasn't hurt and gave up a bajillion home runs. Yeah. The the Joe Ryan that we saw for the first couple months, the Joe Ryan that we've seen prior to this year, that's the Joe Ryan that we've seen since the injury too. So if, if he gives you some more starts like that, I don't think there's even a question who the, the right pitcher is. Not only would he be the better pitcher over Maeda to take that start, Maeda is the better bullpen option between those two guys anyways, because he's pitched you know, 25 times out of the bullpen in the playoffs, World Series, with a lot of success. So I'd rather convert Maeda to a role that he has thrived in previously with the Dodgers and let Joe Ryan take what could be a, I guess it would be a season on the line game three because the, you know, the series would be tied one game apiece. So all hands on deck, Phil Mackey. That's what we call that. Yes. All hands on deck. Do you, along like the pitching note here, so uh, breaking news just before we started recording this on Monday, Louis Varland has been called up to the Twins uh, for Cole Sands, who just threw like, what, 50 pitches or 55 pitches or something. So they're not going to use him anyways. So Varland, I think, had the one appearance out of the bullpen a couple days ago. Four but innings. That, but that was it. It was four innings, one run. It went yep. fine. Heaters, though. But he was, yeah, he, his average fastball was three miles an hour above where he was as a starter. He was like sitting at 94 as a starter average. He was averaging 97 out of the bullpen and then topped out at 100 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. I thought they were going to let him maybe do it two or three times in St. Paul, but they're, they're in need of some big arms. The season's on the line against the Guardians here. So, um, do you, are you a little more optimistic about what their bullpen could be if Maeda is part of it? And if, if this Louis Varland experiment goes well, the next couple weeks. Well, yeah. And I don't think that at this point in time with uh, the playoffs approaching, I don't think that they have a choice too. I, I think that they're doing exactly what they have to do. I don't think that there's yeah. look, I mean, Baldelli used, if I'm not mistaken on Saturday and got criticized for it. And I get why, but he used, eight pitchers out of the bullpen. And the thing about that, though, was, again, I want to win two or three there. So if you want two or three there, 
I, I guess I'm not going to be as hard on Rocco for um, for going to his bullpen as much as he did, despite the fact that some guys came in and threw probably 10 pitches or something like that. So, but yes, I think that this is your option. Now, what's sort of hypocritical to me, though, on the flip side of this is that I think ideally Varland stays in St. Paul and comes out of the bullpen for, you know, at least a week. And they're not doing that because of the urgency. So here's my question. Alex Kirloff has gotten hot in St. Paul. He's starting to hit for power again. Like, and when Alex yeah. Kirloff can hit, he belongs one place. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's the big leagues, okay? And they're like, no, we're still going to let this marinate. We're still going to let this. I mean, who exactly do you think that you're beholden to to say, okay, Alex Kirloff, we're going to be patient there. And uh, unless they know there's something wrong that we don't know. But like the Varlin thing, I totally get. But I also think that if Alex Kirloff is starting to hit in St. Paul, you did this with Walner. Yeah. Like at some point, just get him up here and it's, allow him, allow him. I mean, it's not like he's never been here before. Well, so yeah, Rock, to paraphrase, because Rocco was asked about that. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, that we have no current plans to travel Kirloff for the Guardian series. That we need to see him be able to show that he can play on an everyday basis. And it's not, and that's not going to happen over three or four games or a couple games. I don't. Does he need to what 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 do you mean he needs to prove what it's the the season's on the line right now and that actually brings me to my next category here for you which is it's just time to say goodbye to Joey Gallo Dude Phil Miller from the Star Tribune had this nugget on Twitter the other day Joey Gallo interrupted an epic second half slump 6 for 51 with a 4 for 4 game on August 12th Since then, the drought has gotten unreal. One for 25 with 16 strikeouts. The lone hit was a grounder up the middle on August 16th. That's the only time Gallo has hit a ball out of the infield in three weeks. You're going to Cleveland. And and they keep putting him in the lineup. I mean, I think he, he started two of the games against Texas. And then he came off the bench for one of the other ones. So... Your options are keep running Gallo's lifeless baseball carcass out there in the biggest series of the season or That's stash him on the bench as a non-factor yeah. who can't hit a ball in the infield. Yeah. Um, or you can call Kirloff up a little bit prematurely. But, dude, if he's healthy enough to play three or four games in St. Paul and mash a little bit, what I, I just call him up and he doesn't have to play every day, but can he get in the right. lineup twice in this well, series or something? So what is playing him, continuing to play him in St. Paul going to do that like Gallo can't do? You know, like like if it's like, well, Gallo's been playing and okay, to your point, he's been awful. Alex Kirloff can fall out of bed on Christmas Day and hit. Like that's a yeah. gift. So I yes, I, I don't get what we're worried about, I guess. Right, but yeah. I but but my problem is, or what I don't understand is the juxtaposition here. The Varlin thing I actually like. Okay. He came out of the bullpen once. Ideally, it's more, but you know what? He came out and heated it up, and I like that. And so you called him up for this series. What is Joey Gallo doing in Cleveland and Alex Kirlov in St. Paul then? Like, if you're thinking thinking clearly enough to make the Varlin move, it's like Gallo's got pictures of someone. I don't know what it is. It's a bizarre circumstance. Also, Cleveland, I believe, is starting three right-handed pitchers in this series, which would be great for Alex Kirloff to come in and yeah. start two of the I games. I think we just agree on this. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, there's also, in terms of some of the other parts of the roster here, 
and maybe why Joey Gallo isn't going to be booted off the roster quite yet. So Michael A. Taylor hits the injured list with a hamstring problem. That sounds tenuous. Byron Buxton, and we'll get to a separate Buxton category here, played a half of a second game in St. Paul, and the knee tendonitis flared up again. So he's not a factor in center field. Yep. So they did activate Willie Castro. So right now your center field options on the roster are Willie Castro, Andrew Stevenson, who's kind of a – he's been the best hitter in St. Paul, more of a quad A player. Yeah, he's like 30 years old. He's not a guy that you're going to lean on in a pennant chase here, I don't think, to start in center field. But he is an option to spot start. And then Joey Gallo has some center field experience. I would also tell Max Kepler, dude, we got Buxton's knees flaring up. Yeah. Michael Taylor's hamstrings flaring up. Joey Gallo literally can't hit a ball in the infield. Just get ready in center field. I know you don't like to play center field, but we may need you in center field. So I would tell him that. So, But th- this these problems are probably some of the reason why they do keep Joey Gallo on the team for now, I guess. But I, still I don't know, man. It. I still don't get it. Like, look, they tried, okay? They really tried. They really, really gave it a shot. We know you tried. He's still here. Yeah. It just didn't it didn't work. And he is a he is a counterproductive member of a lineup that is actually started to hit pretty well, but still cannot afford counterproductive at bats. Yep. Okay, another thing too. How many times I think it's happened twice in the last week where they will pinch run Joey Gallo for Ed Julian. Have you seen this a couple times? Yeah. I, or they'll pinch run him for anybody. Yes. Is Joey Gallo really that much faster than some of these other players that now you're going to take that player out of the game for maybe a right. later at bat and extra right. innings or something? He already made one dumb base running mistake well, got thrown out a week ago, right? And and that was um, as the Manford man in what the 10th or 11th of that game for Vasquez, which made sense. Yeah. Like Vasquez has a piano on, on his back. So I totally got that one. But Boy, you're you're talking about something that really concerns me, and that's propensity to lift guys from games if it's a playoff game. That's what really worries me. Especially if it's not the Manford man. If you're doing it for like a runner at first base or something. Right, but like Julian. Like if it's a tight game, and let's say Julian's the DH, okay? It's a tight game, and you decide, okay, we're going to pinch run for him. But it's a tight game, and let's say it gets tied. Okay, now Gallo's in the lineup and Julian's not. And I know that they're big on matchups to, a, to in my opinion at times to a fault. But, you know, it's going to be if if and when the 18 game skid finally comes to a glorious end, it's probably going to be between the margin stuff. Yeah. Like it probably won't be 10 to 1. Yep, it's just it's like, you know, my wife and I were having this conversation over the weekend. So, you know what? We made a good decision a couple weeks ago. We got rid of all the tempt, uh, like the temptation snacks from our pantry. You know, we had some some like chocolate bars from a gathering here, and some chips over here, and some other snacks. You know, let's just let's just get rid of those for a couple weeks, and we can we can not have to be uh, snooping around at ten thirty at night. Just take Joey Gallo out of your pantry. I that's you exactly. You that's won't exactly. have to worry about the temptation exactly. of putting him into the lineup or at Love second it. base or something. Just that's what I would uh, chalk it up to. Okay. The next category here, and we'll get to an immaculate grid is just, what would you do with Byron Buxton at this point organizationally? So 
two games, uh, not even two full games. He played the one game in center field, and then he came back as a DH like two days later, right, on this rehab stint. Yes, he took a day off and came back on Friday, I believe, as a DH. So literally as like, I hate to use the word coddled, but like as coddled and as bubble-wrapped as you possibly can, play a little bit in center field, take a day, come back as a DH, and he had to leave that DH game early because the knee tendonitis flared up, and Rocco was asked about it. In Texas, and and he's saying, you know, you know, this isn't really a surprise. You know, the the tendonitis does flare up. It's a thing with him. It is a chronic knee issue. Right. I, I here's my take on this. Forget about September and him playing center field at this point. Like I, I don't know. I don't see how it's a viable. It ain't happening. I'm looking beyond 2023. I think this is the first time where you have to forget about the contract. You have to stop including him in your plans going forward. I plan the roster as if he doesn't exist for 2024. And if we get into spring training and, oh, okay, he's feeling okay. Okay, Oh, this is interesting. We're going to have to find a way to make some room for Byron Buxton. But I would not plan on him as a DH or as a center field option at all anymore going forward. Oh, I think you're 1,000% right. I don't think that you can. And, and, And look, I'm... I guess my question, which we don't know, and I don't know uh, what what the policy is, because when Byron signed that contract, he already had the propensity for problems with that knee. But I guess my question is, what's the insurance on it? Because at this rate, he ain't going to get even close to it. And look, at some point in time, this is one of the saddest stories involving a player um, and the Twins. Like this is, uh, Miguel Sano, I have, no sympathy for because in my opinion is his problems were self-inflicted so like it's too bad but i don't have sympathy byron buxton yeah he tried to play center field for one game he clearly came back and it hurt too much he's not going to play out there he can't this is the thing and and rocco is not lying it's not a surprise from the moment baldelli i either purposely told the truth or slipped up what a year ago may now and said it's a chronic problem this is what he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life, short of knee replacement surgery at some point, just to live a life where he's not in pain. So, yeah, I think and and look, the twins did take a partial step to what you're talking about, Phil, because they finally went with the Zolgad plan by signing a center fielder who's good. Mm-hmm. Like Michael A. Taylor, he's not great, but you know what? He plays really good d- defense, arguably probably better than Buxton could right now, not Buxton and Buxton's prime. Um, he's had some pop and it's why like three years ago, I'm like, okay, just go get like Jackie Bradley jr. Cause he's really good in center field. Mm-hmm. So they've taken that step and the DH one's not hard because you've got uh, options. And it's also my personal opinion that this team is in better shape when they can use different guys there. It, it's why it's part of why it didn't hurt them. I think in their mind to trade Nelson Cruz, which turned out to be a great trade. But the point is, Yes, you have to plan for you have to plan for a life without Buxton. And at some point in time, too, unfortunately, because this does suck, he's going to have to make a decision on what he wants to, to do. Does he wow. want this to be his life? Like, I know you're being paid a lot. Um, and I know that you're that in your prime, especially in the outfield, you are magnificent at what you did. And at the plate, just because of your speed. But, dude, that speed's going to be gone here. Like, like with a chronic knee problem and Byron Buxton I think is going to have to decide 
do I want my life to be this? Because he's given it a lot of shots. And I don't think anybody on this show, and I think a lot of Twins fans agree, they don't question him. It's not like, I wonder if he worked harder. You know, I wonder if he did this. Yeah. This this is as unfortunate a circumstance as you can get. But I think that Byron Buxton's going to need to make a call on what he wants to do with his life. Because I'm not sure that this is the best option to continually have setback after setback after setback. And now be a guy who is known for his speed. And you've got a wheel that looks like it's shot. Yeah, but that that but it, he's got like five years left on the contract. So if you're him, you're not going to initiate the goodbye, right? Wouldn't you? Because then you're forfeiting all that money. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, but I would guess that there's insurance policies in place as well. There I, could I, be, I mean, there, yeah. there has to be more. What with, kind of insurance this, company is going to insure the full value of that contract? Well, <laughs> some, somebody probably <laughs> insured part of it. But but my point is, this sucks. Like it does. This is not bashing him one bit. This is not questioning him. This just flat out, as a fan. It ticks me off because we are at the end of the day, we're going to be robbed of seeing a guy who should have had a career that was a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, no, it's it is. And it's it's frustrating for fans, too, because I, I know a lot of people just they, they continue to sort of rip on him for being, you know, made out of glass or whatever it is. I mean, it's not it's not his fault. He's actually really tough. He just has chronic knee problems. Joe Maurer was the same way. Joe Maurer had back issues and other issues and knee and stuff. And, you know, like it's not like a pain tolerance thing with him. I think it's he just has more pain and more problems than most baseball players do. And it's just time for the twins to draw a line here and say, okay, we we're moving forward with what we have. If that means we have to go find another center fielder at some point. Does it? I hate the idea of Royce Lewis playing center field. At some point, you're going to have to make room for Brooks Lee, and he's a shortstop yeah, or second be, baseman. I think Patrick alluded to, to the fact that there is a plan to possibly transition Royce this winter. God, he's just uh, he's so comfortable right now at third. And if third I base is now. a better place to keep him healthy than center field. I love him at third. I don't know, man. So, all right, before we get to the Immaculate Grid Challenge here. Let's shout out a couple of our friends, starting with our friends over at Nutrisource. Nutrisource is the official pet food, the official dog food of the Scornar Twin Show and of Purple Daily across the board here. Uh, here's a slow motion video of our dog, Maya Mackie, excitedly waiting for a gigantic scoop of Nutrisource. I know that Stella also gets very excited uh, when it comes to Nutrisource. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I think it was uh, 6.30 this morning. She's like, get out of bed and get me my food because it's so, so good. And I said, of course I will. You know what? Because I know that that not only do you love your Nutrisource uh, food and, as you can see right there, training rewards treats, but I also know that it's good for you. It's going to make you healthy and happy. If you love your dog as much as Mackie, Judd, and Declan do, then Nutrisource is the food that you need to go get. NutrisourcePetFoods.com, NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a location near you. Also, uh, a quick thank you to Summit Orthopedics. So speaking of pain, whether it's ankles, back, feet, knees, whatever it is, neck, Summit Orthopedics can help you out. And they offer same-day appointments with no referrals necessary. If you're really hurting, 8 a.m. is when the orthopedic urgent care opens up seven days a week. 25 locations across the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota 
Learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com. Also, after the Guardians are uh, done hosting the Twins, the Twins have a bunch of home games on the horizon, and you can still get tickets. This is the most exciting time in, in terms of fans being in the stands and in terms of the Twins being at the top of the division. The most exciting time probably in four years. If you're uh, if you're looking to get out to the ballpark, twins.com slash tickets, twins.com slash tickets. All right, Judd, let's see if I can do this here. We got just you and me yeah, flying this, this plane here today. We're That's about to find today. out. So here it is, the Immaculate Grid. I don't have the song, like the suspenseful mm. Uh, mm. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire song, so we're just going to have to do this a cappella. But here's how this works. Judd and I are going to look to go immaculate today. By going nine for nine, we've got a tic-tac-toe grid. We're looking to fill these squares. A cub who was once a White Sox, a cub who was once a Mariner, and a cub who drove in 100 runs in a year. A Dodger who was once a White Sox, a Dodger who was once a Mariner, and a Dodger who drove in 100. And then uh, a Tiger who was a White Sox, a Tiger who was a Mariner, and a Tiger who drove in 100 runs in a season. I'll put six minutes on the clock. That's just our arbitrary sort of uh, time limit, and we are hot. Here we go, Judd. All right. Should we knock off the 100-plus RBI season first? Yeah. Let me uh, let me see here. Okay. Okay. Rogers Hornsby. Hack Wilson, right? Hack Wilson. That works, too. I think he set the record. I think he had like 135 or something ridiculous. 7% on it. Yeah, take Wilson. that, kids. Take that. Um, the Tigers, we could do Miguel Cabrera. We could go, uh, who was, uh, let's think old school Tigers here. Al Kaline, but I don't Al know. Al Kaline. I don't know if he had 100, though. That's my problem. He probably um, did, right? He probably did, but do we want to be, do, do we want to go with probably or for sure? Did Bobby Higginson ever have? Oh, God. Now you see, now now we're getting in the sticky, sticky, sticky. We know we can use Miguel. Let's let's do this. We'll, we'll, right. put, we'll put Miggy down right. okay. on paper here. Okay, we'll come back to him. Okay, a Dodger who drove in a hundo. I'm trying to think old school. Jackie Robinson was more of a top of the order guy, right? Yeah, he was not a. He was not a. Um, he generated runs from with his legs. Um, I'm trying to think of the. I'm trying to think of the old school Dodgers who hit for Sean Green. Gar- How about Sean Green? Sure. Yep. Did he? He probably drove in a hundred, right? I hope he did. I was going to say like Garvey and and that crew. All right. Do you, uh, is Sean Green too risky? Sean Green had a really big year with them, though, right? Let's do it. Okay. 5%. Ooh, nice. Yeah, Sean Green had a big, big year. All right. What about these Cubs here? Um, Sammy Sosa. I mean, there's a ton. Oh, there's Sammy Sosa for the White Sox. Yeah. Yeah. What about, uh, did Steve, Steve Stone, he, didn't, yep. he, he only broadcasted for the Cubs. Did he pitch for no. the Cubs, too? He pitched for them. There's a ton. I want to go rare on, on this one if we can. So Steve Stone pitched for both Chicago teams. Yes. Yep. 2% on Steve Stone. Nice. See? Stoney in the old school 19 mid-70s red White Sox cap right yes. there. Uh, Cub who was a Glenn mariner. Allen Hill. Glenn Allen Hill. Yes. Glenn Allen Hill. Had arachnophobia. Afraid of and, and also once hit a home run through an apartment window across yes. Waveland Avenue that while the had- game was airing on WGN. I love that. I love the old Cubs days. Now that damn ball would probably hit the scoreboard. Um, yeah. Okay, Paul Konerko. 
Dodger White Sox. Yep, that's a really good one. Paulie K. Paulie. Well, actually, Paul Canerco, one of the most underrated power hitters in baseball history. Yep. I believe he's top 25 all time in home runs or top 30. Because he was a Dodger, a White Sox, and a Red, if I'm not mistaken. I think he started with the Reds and got traded to the Dodge or something like that, or vice versa. I think it was vice versa. Okay, Seattle and Los Angeles Dodgers. That's the that's a hard one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, huh, for Seattle, who uh, Seattle and Detroit wasn't Carlos Guillen on both those teams? That sounds right, Carlos Guillen. I think you're right. Hit it. Yep, ten percent. Okay, that was a good one. We're doing pretty good on the rarity score here right now. We've got the rarity yep. score is just all the percentages added. Oh, I like up. the fact you threw in Stevie Stone. Um, so five twelve. We're sitting on twenty three. Thirty three rarity score with three scores to go or three. So de- yeah. So Detroit and the White Sox. And we've it's, got the Miggy one in the bag, but that's going to be the most popular guess. Oh, so what about Cecil Fielder for a hundred? Hundred ribs. That's probably right. I'll add him to the bed. We can get we can get to that one last. We still have two and a half minutes left here. That's probably right. All right. White Sox and Detroit. I'm trying to think old school here. Hmm. I'll think new school. Boy, some of these uh, these division ones did have Chet less Le- crossover. Did Chet Lemon play for the White Sox? Chet wow. Lemon was, Chester Lemon was definitely with Detroit. I want to say he. I want to say Chet Lemon. Chet Lemon. I swear to God, I saw him. I swear to God, he wore the shorts back in the White Sox days in in the half a season or eight games that they wore. This would be a great flex. Chet Lemon. Chester Lemon. Chet Lemon. Here we go. Eight per eight percent. Wow. That tells me that there's not many White Sox who played for the Tigers. I'm going to Chet Lemon's at eight percent. I'm going to tell you who wouldn't know who Chet was. Oh, the Dexter. The De- Declan have no idea, and then he'd get very mad. He'd lash out like he did on Friday, <laughs> lashing out at us. All I right. don't know if I've ever heard of Chet Lemon, so I would be in De- Declan's. Chet Lemon. Okay. All right, we, we need a Mariner who was uh, a Dodger. Was Willie Bloomquist a Dodger? Oh God, dude. There's not. Pitch- oh, um, what I'm about trying pitchers? Uh... Trying to get the pitchers that went from L- or vice versa. Kingdom days, you know? Yeah. We could have used Jamie Moyer on the cup. Did Jamie Moyer pitch for the Dodgers at the end? Oh, God. It's... Did Nomo ever pitch for the Mariners? Did he ever get up there? I don't, think I don't remember him going to Seattle, no. <sighs> One hey, minute Gar- left. Garvey went to the Padres. Lopes, no. Russell, no. Say no. Jeez. Wow. This is hard. Put, Tino Martin, put in Tino Cecil Walt. Tino Martinez might have played for the Dodgers at the end. Should put in Cecil Fielder for this one. Yeah, yeah, just put in Cecil. He'll you that's for sure. You I'm sure you're right about that one. Eleven percent. Okay. This is, this is a, a tough this one. Is a, this is rock solid. Eleven okay. percent are is our highest score, by the way. Okay. Outfielders, outfielders. Ken Griffey Mike, Mike Cameron never played. Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey Sr. played for Seattle, but I don't think he ever played for the Dodgers. Played in the All-Star game in 80 there. Um Jose Cruz, Jay, Jay Buner, you you've heard of Jay Buner, right? Um, <laughs> Jose Cruz, Dodgers, come on. Mondesi never played for the St- Mariners. Steve Yeager, Joe. So Kyle Seager and Corey Seager, but they didn't but, play no together on these teams. No, they didn't. 
Wow, dude. All right. Well, we got we got to make a guess here. Uh, can you think of any bullpen slappies? Edwin Jackson. <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think this is an Edwin Jackson. Okay. We might have to guess him though, unless you have something else. I'm going to well, guess what's, Edwin. What's Bloomquist? Um, we could try Willie Bloomquist. I know he played for the Mariners. Should okay. we try him? Well, I I can't. I'm just blanking on this one. Me too. Man, I'm just blanking totally on this one. I mean, it can't be. They're half. I mean, come on. Olerud. Steve Sachs. No. Was Steve Sachs a Mariner at the end? He was no. a Yankee. He was a White Sox at the end. Holy cow. Mike uh, Marshall. Oh, what about Jamie Carroll? Did he, play for the, did he play for the Mariners? Oh, my God. That's interesting. He played for the Dodgers, didn't he? All right, I'm going to guess Willie Bloomquist. Oh, wait, it's probably... wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, did, oh. Bel- did, did Beltre ever go to oh, Seattle? Oh, there you go, Beltre, yeah. <laughs> Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre, all there right. For 34%. Yes. All right, oh, all right. Wow, wow. Nice work. And Beltre kind of ruined it. Beltre yeah, kind of ruined it. But, I mean, come on, we'll take it. That's a great one. Yeah, Beltre, 34%. Look at these. He's probably the most popular one, right? I'll show the summary for you. All right. 84 rarity score is pretty good. Uh, the hardest one yeah. was actually the Mariners and Tiger Square at 46%. Beltre was the most popular. Here's the most popular for the square. Sammy Sosa, Jamie Moyer, Sammy Sosa, Lance Lynn for White Sox. Oh, that Dodgers. That's just, Maglio. That's... Maglio Ardonias. Oh, Mags. I, Fernando I Rodney. Mags is a good one. Yeah, Cabrera. Cabrera would have hurt us. Cody Bellinger yeah. and uh, Miguel Cabrera right there. So, hey, that's a pretty good job. That's a pretty good. That's a lot of rarity for. That's a lot of rarity right there, dude. Not bad. All right. That's a wrap on this Labor Day edition of the Scornar Twin Show, where we just want the Twins to win a damn playoff game, Judd, at some point for the first time in almost 20 years. Got that right. Uh, Excited for this series against the Guardians, and we will probably talk to you again tomorrow here on the show.